Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Coco Show. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Berserk. Woo, I've been doing that a lot here recently. Like, going that. You've gone Berserk? Oh, man. It's been a rough week, but I'm telling you. Are you familiar with the Ray Stevens song about the, the squirrel that went Berserk? Yeah, at the first uh, something another church. Right. Yeah, I yeah. do. And I, I love that song as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Ray Stevens, it seems like you, you sort of, everybody loves Ray Stevens as a kid, and then at some point you sort of age out. Yeah, because now I don't like him. You're yeah. right. You're exactly right. But the streak and all that stuff, mm -hmm. I thought that was all great. Yeah, I used to just roll around on the floor in tears laughing. You know what was... What killed it for me? Everything is beautiful. That's what took me out of the race. It's, I'm, I'm it's not really your bag. Huh? It's funny because there's a wrestler named Ray the Crippler Steven. Really? Real famous, great worker from California. Is he still... Is still no, he's, he's passed. He's oh. passed on. And, he, and so I would often get them confused. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't work that stick in though. He didn't like throw a squirrel no, at anybody no. or anything. He would. He would break a squirrel. He, he was. He was bad. He was a heel. He's real. He was a heck of a worker. He what promotion tough. did he work out of? Uh, he was. This is sixties. Hmm. Yeah, it's before your time, but California. Yeah. He worked AWA and stuff like that. Speaking of him, his old partner was Nick Bockwinkle. They were a tag team, and I just got out of the blue. I got a. I got, someone sent me a Facebook request. And they were, it was Nick Bockwinkle. I got that too. You he did? He sent us both of them. He's dead. Really? Nick Bockwinkle died years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh, this new Nick Bockwinkle is an impersonator of some sort. <laughs> Maybe Ray Stevens will hook up with us too. We got to get Retro Man Cave on the, on the uh, he's, he's good at unmasking all of those guys. <laughs> That's it. There you go, man. <laughs> so, let's talk about Berserk, Aaron. Well, you know, this is one I've also remembered from back in the day, Boatster. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was a, always a big fan of the arcade game Berserk with a Z. Did you play this in the arcade? I did. Really? I did. And, I did. And so before we d jump into this, let's, talk, let's take a brief look at the arcade uh, game uh, of the same name with a different spelling. So in the arcade, this was Berserk with a Z, uh, developed by Stern, still around, making pinball uh, back in the day, designed by a fellow named Alan McNeil. This came out in the arcades in 1980, way, way back, uh, Boat, and uh, ran on a, a Z80 at 2 megahertz. This is a very early machine. Now, let's talk about some of the cool features of this game. Uh, Berserk was one of the first arcade video games to use speech synthesis. Yep. Uh, and uh, you fight robots in this game, and the robots will taunt you and talk to you. Uh, it's said that in 1980... Uh, voice compression was so expensive, but I've heard this many times, that every time you have a word synthesized, it costs you a grand. Wow. Man. <laughs> and the, uh, this game had 30 words in it. $30,000. So if that's true, that's th I, which I find that hard to believe. I find that hard to believe as that's well. That's $30,000. Now, I'm going to, just for fun, I thought I'd go over some of the things this thing says. All right? See if you remember any of these. Did you ever play this in the arcade? No, no. In fact, I've never played this in the arcade. <laughs> of course, I, I was born in 1981, but I've never... Oh, even, man. Even in the you know the retro arcades I've been to, I've never been drawn to this game. Have you played it Sequel Frenzy? No, no I've okay. never even heard of that. So, here are some of the things it would say. Uh, and this is my personal favorite. During a track mode, when it was showing the high scores, it would say, Coin detected in pocket. It's pretty good. Pretty good. And also, it's the very famous intruder alert, intruder alert. There's mm -hmm. that one. Then there's the humanoid must not escape. Or or it sometimes would say the intruder must not escape. What is the thing Danger Will Robinson? That's from the uh, show Lost in Space. That was the robot would say that whenever Will Robinson was in trouble. So that's not affiliated with this game? No, okay. no. 
what a, a very uh, 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 no. I, I, I'll just say no. It's not affiliated. Okay. I'll cut myself off. I've never seen that before. Something else it would say is chicken fight like a robot, and then also it would say got the humanoid, got the intruder. That's what it shot. Really? At. Yeah. It's now a, it, it, you, you don't know who was actually the source of these voices. I don't. It I wasn't don't. like James Earl Jones or uh, something. No, no, no. This is CNN. No, but uh, whoever, whatever they did to make these voices, they were. This is the first game I remember ever hearing voices in. Oh, yeah. I that think wasn't... I, it seems like there was a pinball game that had voices that I'd heard before, but this is the first arcade machine I've ever heard. I, every, whenever you read about this game, they make a big deal out of it. Well, this was a the, huge deal, yeah. because the one thing this had was you could hear the sound. It sounded like talking. Yeah. It sounded like a robot talking. And I remember walking past this thing with that coin detected in pocket thing, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Whoa! Does yeah. it know I'm here?" Right. You know, of course it didn't, but still, it was. <laughs> you know, it was whack. And you're a kid. I mean, this is eighty. So yeah. I mean, I was only nine mm-hmm. back when this came out, and so, but I mean, this was this thing hung around forever, uh, and it's just a, and it's a great simple game. So, uh, and of course, Berserk was a huge hit in the arcade. And it's, it spawned many, many imitators, including what we're going to talk about today. Plus, it's uh, uh, it offs and homages and, and uh, upgrades. I mean, it's as simple as it could be. Run from monsters, room to room. Uh, and it was a it was a great game. And like I said, Frenzy was a sequel in the arcade, which was also pretty good. Uh, so, in the and we move on to the Coco game here of the same name, sort of Berserk with an S. Uh, these guys must have gotten in trouble with this name because at some point, I think in 82, they changed the name of this thing to Haywire, mm-hmm. which actually Haywire is a pretty good name, it is to be honest with you. And, and I think I probably would have went with that. You know, we've seen this before where these guys, like remember Donkey King had the exact same thing happen. Uh, anyway, this game was, uh, was authored by a fellow named Ron Krebs. Now, I looked this guy up. He's, is he related to Maynard? No. Not that I know of. Also, Maynard G. Krebs is fictional. Mm. Um, this guy authored a game that I played quite a bit back in the day called Astro Blast. He also did a game called Cave Hunter, and he did a game with a fellow named Rob Shaw called Touch Tomb, which I think you've played. Are these all Coco games? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, this is published by an outfit called Mark Data Products. Now, I remember these guys from a bunch of their adventure games. Get Listen to this list of... Uh, Games. You got uh, Calixo Island, Sequest, Shenanigans, and then here's some of the ones I really liked: Black Sanctum, Trek Boer, which I played the crap. Trek Boer. Trek Boer was like a, you were on a starship, so it was like Star Trek. Right. These are these are sort of like remember when we, when we looked like when we talked about Dallas Quest or uh, uh, so like these are these are uh, so it's like a graphical graphical adventure text game. adventure like game. Like Queen of the Desert or Sands of the Desert. Sands, yes, yeah. exactly. But these were I really. Listen, you know me. I'm not an adventure game guy, mm-hmm. but young Aaron. I'd like to check out Trek Boer. Trek, a, a Black Sanctum. I played the. I played Shenanigans. That played, sounds like something Wilcox would have. No, been I, I was into it, dude. I played Calypso. I played all these. Yeah. I played them all. So uh, they also did the Cave Hunter, the uh, Astro Blast as well. So again, this came out in '81 as Berserk, and then changed the name like somewhere in '82, I think. This ran on any of the Cocos with 16K with a butt. Which we'll which we'll get to. So, what is haywire? We'll just call it haywire for the sake of saying what it is. So, you are a uh, a fellow in a maze with a crapload of robots mm-hmm. that you can shoot. That's the game. That's the game. Um, you uh, run through the maze and shoot the robots, and or they shoot you. 
if you if you linger too long in a room, then a happy face bounces on the screen. This is exactly like in the arcade. In the arcade, the happy face is called Evil Otto. What's I'm not he sure, called? In this I'm game? not sure what he's called here. Uh, I didn't see any documentation for this, but he looks exactly the same. So we'll call him Evil Otto. Um, what makes Berserk fun is, I mean, because it sounds real simple, and it is. You run through a maze, shooting robots, and try not to get shot. The robots' uh, um, idiocy makes this game fun <laughs> because they've purposely made the robots um, not super smart. And so the robots will do things like run into the wall and die. They'll run into each other and die. They'll shoot each other and die. Mm-hmm. Or they'll shoot their, one of the robot buddies and die. They can die. Uh, by their own hand. And so a lot of times you can just, by, by the way you walk and maneuver, uh, you can uh, you can get them to kill themselves. Uh, there are multiple exits in these mazes. Now in the arcade, the mazes are sort of like randomly generated. And so there are like an infinite number. I mean, there is a number. I saw a special with some guys that were playing this like for high scores and, uh, you know, insanity type arcade scores. And they had there was there's a pattern to how these rooms go, and in fact, it was exploited by one of the guys to get a high score. So are the the, the rooms? Can you explain that a little bit? I mean, do you know enough about it to talk about how they're well, generated? I know from the documentary I saw in the arcade, uh, they were there was a path that you could take through the maze, and the the reason this is important, as I recall, was that it when you came into a new room, you would know where you were at, you would know what the layout would be, and so. Uh, people that could exploit this could get get a better score, effectively. And it made a lot of the people mad that played this thing naturally without trying to get, get game it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the Coco version of this, I don't, I, I don't think it does that because I, I saw... And this game, first of all, is pretty tough. I don't know how well you did at it. I did Not okay. well. You're watching my playthrough right oh, now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you've got a point there. Uh, the, the mazes seem to repeat... Uh, uh, I, I don't, I couldn't, there was no set pattern that I, I noticed, but that doesn't mean anything, because usually I'm just running as fast as I can to the door. Um, you can literally leave a room and go to another room and not kill a thing if mm-hmm. you can make it. Right. Um, on the first level of this, the robots don't shoot. Every, every, every level after that they do. Now, in the arcade, uh, as I recall, the different colored robots were smarter. I don't know if there's... There are different colored robots in the Coco version, but I don't know if they're... I couldn't really tell a difference. Mm-hmm. They all seem pretty deadly to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, uh, so, I, and again, I didn't read anywhere where there was a, there was a difference or any rhyme or reason there to their to their color. Uh, but uh, uh, they will shoot you. Some of them, sometimes they'll have really good action, but most of them, it's just, they just get lucky uh, when they shoot you. If you touch the walls in this game... You're instantly dead. That's right. So the three ways you die, four ways. You can touch a robot, you die. You touch a wall, you die. You get shot by a robot, you die. You touch Evil Auto, you die. And according to Curtis, it's Evil Orville in this game. Orville. Very yeah. clever. Yeah. They really went out of their way on that one, didn't they, Curtis? <laughs> <laughs> so um, what were your thoughts? Again, not being a big Berserk player before this, what did you think? Well, I'm not a big... I, 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 I've always hated this game. Oh, so um, you didn't like it before you played this. Right. Okay. Uh, this is probably my least favorite uh, classic, you know, classic with a big C arcade game. I've always found this game to be um, incredibly repetitive, uh, ugly, uh, extremely plain, and uh, needlessly difficult. Uh, the only thing in my mind that this game has going for it is the voice synthesis, which is cool. 
Uh, that said, this game does a pretty good job of replicating the arcade experience in that yeah. it's very plain, it's needlessly difficult, and uh, it's kind of ugly. Um, the uh, one thing that I noticed is that uh, Evil Orville comes out, he comes at you a lot quicker in this game. Now, uh, Curtis, uh, he theorized that... Uh, that's a word I just made up, mm. that uh, that I had some sort of a weird version of this game because Evil Auto came out so quick, but this was the version that was on the, um, this was the version that was on the SDC, so uh, who knows, who knows what's on there, um, but uh, you know, I just don't like this game, so it's hard for me to say that, the, I mean, the Coco version is fine, but it's just, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, there's not much there. I, I like games where there are multiple strategies you can employ. There are several ways to get points. There are different things you can do. And in this game, literally, all you do is you walk through a maze and you shoot robots and you try and avoid getting killed. Yeah. I can understand your point of view. But, but and I think I can have a different point of view because this game was a much bigger deal when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And it was a much simpler time. Okay, we'll go there. Now, I love this game. I always love Berserk. By the way, I think this is, from my recollection, this was my favorite Berserk clone on the Coco. This isn't the only one. In fact, I believe there's one that actually talks, but this one doesn't. So there is no uh, voice synthesis <laughs> module pack for this game. No, no, no. Um, I, the, I thought this game, the reason I like this game the best is because the controls are good. And also, you can tell where you guys shooting. Uh, and it does because diagonals are always a problem, and it, it it does a good job. And plus, this worked pretty well with the Black Beauty, uh, and I thought it was a pretty fair pretty fair game. Um, the uh, the robots act like they're supposed to, you know, and that's part of it because some of these games the, the robots don't act right. It's not as much fun. That's part of it. Um, one thing that's odd is your guy seems large mm-hmm. in this. I don't remember him being this big in the arcade. Uh, but I'd have to go back and, and look. He is animated well. One of the things that I noticed when you shoot diagonally, your yeah. little, it's almost like you're shooting out of your finger, but yeah. his, fin- his little finger will like articulate. Yeah. And, and I thought that was kind of neat. I remember distinctly, and Curtis, uh, or one of the people in the chat that have played this many times could, could tell me I'm an idiot. I remember distinctly back, and I didn't do it this time around, but back when I was a kid, that I could, if you did it right, you could, have be shot and have the bullet go through your neck hole and not kill you. Mm-hmm. I, I have read that before. So I, okay, you did. Okay, yeah. great. Because I was like, man, I may be crazy, but I remember doing that. Um, I mean, it's not like you want to do it, but you you know do your best. You know, it's funny. <coughs> Buck Owens in the chat says that uh, he uh, he didn't like this game, but he likes Seamus. And I never thought about it before, but I'm exactly the same way. Seamus is you know it, it was only on computers. But that, to me, is a much better game because Seamus moves a lot more quickly. There's other things. You pick up keys and things like that. It just adds one more layer of complexity You know, to it. it's funny you should mention Seamus because that's one of the games I got in that TRS-80 hall. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if I sold it or not. I may still have it. It was. I, I know I tried to sell it, but no one won it the first time around. But it's. I've got the full thing. I, I don't know if sure I've ever played it, to be honest with you. So it's might... great. Well, I played it on the Atari, but I'm sure the Coco version's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing we should mention is the weird glitchiness of this thing. When you play this on a Coco 3, uh, this goes into a mode, I believe, it, uh, as Curtis described, that on lcurtisboyle.com, the best place to go for all your Coco gaming uh, wants and desires. This game goes into a mode, uh, I believe it's called uh, uh, P-Mode uh, 4 or something like that. It goes into a mode at, at, for the title screen and for the score screens that happen in between your deaths. 
that the Coco 3 just can't handle. Mm -hmm. And so instead of getting something you, that is something, you get a big weird rainbow of colors, but, and it's, it, it's all screwed up looking. It still it doesn't hurt the game, it doesn't affect the game, but it's something that I remember when I looked because I, I didn't remember that when I booted this up on the three, I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Because I was watching videos and I was like, that one says berserk. Why does mine say bleh? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's why. So there there you go. Yeah. Um, I played this on the on the Coco uh, and uh, in fact on my um, on the playthrough video that I did of this, uh, I put in the link. Uh, Curtis actually uh, made a hack. Where it eliminates the player select screen, where you press one or two, that becomes blind, but everything else comes back. So Curtis actually went in and changed the code of the game because that's just the kind of guy he, he, he is, is. The man, he is the man. Um, overall, though, to summarize, I like this. I think it plays a pretty good game of Berserk. It looks like the arcade. It plays pretty pretty much like the arcade for the most part, and I dug it. So, like, but I can understand. You know, I will say, I have a soft spot for this game, too, because this is one of the first games that I played with my son. Uh, when I was trying to get him into some games, I thought to myself, what's a simple game that Luke can play that is very straightforward? And this was the one of the first games I thought of. And so Luke played, and I'm talking like early, early. This is like when he was like three or four, we were playing Berserk on the arcade machine. Mm -hmm. And and he liked it. I, I haven't, We haven't played it for a while. I doubt he'd be as interested now as he used to be, but... Yeah, I'll, so I, I may be slightly biased. Uh, you know, I looked this thing up at a couple magazines uh, to uh, to see what I could find. Now, uh, uh, it's you know, it's funny when you look these a lot of these old uh, uh, these old uh, reviews up, and it's funny because you can see how far journalism and and game review uh, came uh, from back in the day. And so a lot of these things are really sort of. Just like uh, everything's great, we love it. You know, mm -hmm. real cheesy. Uh, I looked this up. This is reviewed in the March uh, 1982 Rainbow, uh, and the article is titled "This Will Drive You Berserk." Uh, they, of course, they loved it. They thought it was real. They thought it was a really good game. Uh, they gave it an A plus. You know, so there you go. Also, uh, look, this is another one I, I found on the popular Computer Weekly from the UK. Uh, October 21st, 1982. It was in actually the same uh, issue uh, that uh, our previous game was in. Uh, and they gave Berserk an 80%. They, they liked it as well. Uh, it's a good game if, if you're in your Berserk. If you're, if, you know, it's just like anything else. If you're not in the arcade version, you're not going to like the clone. Right. That's all there is right. to it. We get any Discord on this? We did. We did. Uh, let's see. Uh, L. Curtis B. L. Curtis Boyle says... Uh, I believe that this was the first commercial third-party game that used artifacting colors. So a bit of a milestone, since officially there was no color in that graphics mode. Very mm. faithful to the arcade, except for the lack of digitized speech, mainly because it had to fit in 16K, loading from cassette, and with very good sound effects for this early in the Coco's life. Nowadays, it's a bit repetitive, but I have to give it a solid 8.5 out of 10 even now for faithful arcade adaption. It would have been a 9.5 out of 10 back in the day as it was much better than most other games out that early. And I will say, graphically, compared to, say, Starship Chameleon, this is a better looking game. I mean, this... Well, they, looks, made, it, they made it look like the arcade. Right. That's, that's, right. That's, that's a big comp. That's, that's as best you can do. If this had had the digitized speech, which we know is possible, and not in 30 words, but some, this would have been a, a straight-up home run. And there were, like I said, I wish they'd, uh, uh, I wish there was a little more, I mean, because the robots behave differently in the arcade, depending on how far you get into it. But, I mean, those are nitpicky. I yeah. mean, overall, this 
plays a pretty decent game of Berserk, especially if you look at what was out at the time. This crushed everything that had home versions back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do want to thank uh, our people that support the show, the, our patrons, Aaron. Uh, these are people that uh, they go to patreon.com slash the Coco Show. Uh, and, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of benefits. One, you get to submit a review, just like Curtis did. Two, you get a cool magnet at the end of the year. It says Coco Show supporter on it's it. It's really good, too. I always like those. And three, you get to hear me read your name live on the air. And what greater honor could there be oh, in man. this world? I got nothing to say about that. <laughs> we want to thank Steve Rasmussen, Buttons, Jeff Landreth, Graham Bebke, Wing Chun Wolf, Curtis Boyle. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. And a special thank you to Coco Show Game Selection Committee member Graham Bebke for choosing Berserk. Uh, it was a good <laughs> one. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, and before we go, uh, we do uh, record the show live uh, once a month on Twitch. Um, usually we try and post an announcement on the Coco Talk Discord when we're getting ready to do that. Um, and, uh, and it's twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. And you can also find all the video archives on the show on our channel, uh, youtube.com slash Amigos Retro Gaming. So all the stuff is there. And finally, uh, if you enjoy this show, you may want to listen to some of our other shows on the network. We've got ARG Presents, where Aaron and the Brent tackle a different uh, obscure computer slash uh, wacky theme slash classic console. Something different every week. Sometimes even Tandy product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there is 1200XL, an Atari 8-bit gaming podcast, Amigos, Everything Amiga, and Our Sinclair, a ZX Spectrum podcast. All of these shows can be found on the podcatcher of your choice. All right, Aaron, it's time to hang it up this week. We'll be back next month with another episode of The Coco Show. See you later. Bye.